Hello, Doris. Welcome to Fast Track Podcast. Hello, Yasi. Thank you very much for having me. It's my honor to have you because I saw your post on Facebook group um, talking about how you uh, develop a new career yourself and how you travel around the world with your family. I think it's a very, very interesting story that I need to share it with my audience. So uh, in today's session, I think I will ask on behalf of my audience all the questions that they might be interested in, but also me personally, very interesting. <laughs> Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background? What do you do in the past? Um, yeah, and then later, you know, what changed in life? Yeah, sure. So my background is linguistics, really. So I studied translation in Bologna, um, in Italy, and then I I did a second degree. So I, I studied Spanish, German, Italian, and um, English. I did a second degree in England, and that's where my, I met my husband, and that's where we start set started settling. Um, we lived in England for quite a few years in London, and it was interesting because we um, we our idea was really to get settled and and to to stay there, and then things obviously changed. Um, I also um in um, so I started off with translation. That's my background, but I quickly developed into project management, account management, and then for the past ten years I worked in talent management. So that's really where my where my expertise where my career lied in mm -hmm. yeah for the audience who didn't know what changed can you elaborate like what changed later sure um so i had my first child uh, when i was in in london i was working for a marketing implementation agency in talent management and um so we had our first child and as most people know in england it is very expensive childcare is very expensive and as i was expecting my second child um we realized that that really we would really just work for the childcare and it wasn't really um, in our plan. We wouldn't see our children. They would just be in childcare all day. And that wasn't really our idea of, of having a family, of raising a family. So we decided to actually just take the dive and move to southern Spain, um, where childcare is just very much more affordable and, and very different. Um, this uh, needed quite some preparation. So what we did was really talk to our managers and try and see what the options are. And we worked out the way. Um, I diverted slightly my career and my husband did the same. He's in IT so that we could actually work from remote. So it was uh, back uh, 15 years ago when the whole remote working wasn't really um, a thing yet. So we pioneered into that in both our companies to actually be able to work from abroad. And we took the dive and, and moved to Spain. Um, and then again, there we actually, the idea was to settle there. And then after actually five years, we started, had a, another thought, reset our situation and um, realized that the children were now big. We had three by the time and that we were, um, we wanted to see more. We wanted to experience more. We didn't just want to accept a settled life and just, um, live a life with routines and uh, you know just with the status quo cool you know you have to you gotta have a house and you just gotta have a normal life um, so that's where we took a second deep dive and decided to move to Northern Ireland out of all the countries and um, to restart a life and to um, yes and that was one of the yeah back then uh, were you and your husband still working at the same company remotely yes 
Yes, so we were both working remotely and we we uh, organized our career the way that actually I started managing all in my job. I started managing all the copywriters worldwide. So it didn't really matter where I was. So I could actually move around. It was an advantage for the company for me to actually be moving and living in different different countries. So I did try to shift it towards um, that goal so that we could actually move on and, and become more less and less uh, location um, so our jobs were less and less location relevant. We could basically work from anywhere. Uh, and how old were your children at that time? So when we left Spain, uh, they were three, five and eight, which um, they were very young. And we did have, you know, people around us. Society would judge us very heavily because you're not supposed to do that to your children because in in the view of society, it's actually something um, not normal. Yeah. Um, yes. Why did you choose so, Ireland? Um, we uh, wanted our children to actually um, learn English really well and realized that the options in, in southern Spain weren't great. Um, so we decided to actually go for a country where um, education is very good and um, which wasn't just an expat haven. So we wouldn't just hang out with all other expats, but where we would actually be able to immerse into the, the local culture. Um, yeah, so we chose Northern Ireland. Also, my husband loves surfing. So it was really sitting down and, and deciding what do we want as a family? What are our values? What are our passions? What is it we want in our next stage in our lives now that the children are a little bit older? And so Northern Ireland really made it on the list. We really had like a pro-cons list with a lot of countries, you know, to see all the options there are and decided for for Northern Ireland because it has one of the, the best education uh, in English-speaking countries. Mm -hmm. um, and then how long did you live there before you took on this world trip with your children? So uh, we lived in, in Northern Ireland for two years. And then we decided that it was time to move again. Also, by that time, we we gotten used to this idea of, of uh, you know, slow traveling. And so it wasn't such a big step anymore. The, the, the first step was the biggest one. But we, um, yeah, so after two years, we decided we wanted to to experience something else. I really wanted my children to learn German. And also I wanted um, them to learn how to snowboard because we both are, are um, love snowboarding. Um, so out of all the options we had, we decided for Switzerland. And that's where we moved to. And uh, we moved to Zurich. And that's where we lived for three years. Um, and after those three years, the next stage came where we actually realized, right, they now speak really good German. Let's move on to the Italian. And then, so now we moved to the Italian speaking part of Switzerland, uh, which is in Lugano, on, on the Lake Lugano. And this is where we are settled at the moment. Oh, so amazing. So how many children can, you, uh, how many languages can your children speak? So they now speak four languages fluently. And at school, they also study French. Wow. Okay. Amazing. And do they adjust well to a new country, a new place, to a new language? Or well, what's your experience with that? The first change was the, the most difficult one, obviously, because they, you know, it, it's hard to, 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 um, to adjust to, to a new country so quickly. But we did a lot of preparation work um, before we moved there. So, and we really, um, transformed it in, in, into a game so it was a game for us you know so it, it was all about exploring it was almost like um like a like a treasure hunt 
um, exploring things. So we drove all the way from southern Spain across uh, Spain, France, and then on, onto the ferry onto Ireland to really experience this this move. Um, they could choose what to take with them. It was all about them actually selecting the school they liked uh, based on which had the coolest playground. So it was really getting them involved, heavily involved, even though they were, they were quite small and really uh, making it into a game rather than just telling them we, we are moving somewhere you got to come. So it was really a thing that we did as a family. So each of our moves really is about deciding together as a family. In fact, when we came from Northern Ireland, there was the choice between going to Qatar or to Switzerland, and they decided, having decided on Switzerland. So it is really a decision that we take as a family. And and so we design each stage, a stage of our lives together, really. Mm -hmm. I think the next natural questions coming from most people would be, you know, how do you manage your finances? Did you did your company pay you differently based on where you live or how you know, like from Ireland to Switzerland is a big jump in cost in terms of cost of living. Um, in, in this case, I didn't uh, ask for a a different pay. I um I, I I did stick to my payment. However, my husband he did switch from the company he worked before to a different company in Switzerland, um because the the cost of living is much higher in Switzerland and in fact after a few years in Switzerland I then quit my job after 15 years with the same agency and set up my own uh, business mm, okay what's your business now so my business is um, really trying to focus on my passion and my values and I decided to to set up a business in um, relocation and travel coaching so what I do is I help other families mostly families but also couples individuals to really uh, prepare for these important changes in their life, whether it's a big trip a year abroad or sabbatical, or whether it's actually a big move abroad with work or for personal reasons um, on their own uh, with their partner or as a family. Yeah, and what usually what would be the biggest, you know, thing or factor they need to consider before relocate to another country or take a long travel? Like what, what would be the thing that people would never have ever imagined, but they need to prepare themselves for? Um, for me, really, you know, it's, it's less about deciding on a country. It's really about taking a step back and really going deeper, um, analyzing really what is it I want? What, what do I want to get out of this experience? You know, what is my why together with whoever I go with? You know, what is our why? What is it really... Um, value what is it that we really that really makes us happy um analyzing you know our past travels our past experience and, and really getting getting deeper there because it, it really is if you're happy as an individual as a professional as a in, in a partnership in a family then everything else falls into in you know into place so so it's really that step back rather than just focusing on the logistics you know which country i go to uh, you know which house do i rent and uh, and so on so it is um, what I really focus on is it's on the mindset, really. It's on the fact that you're really open to a new experience. No matter what comes, it will be great. You know, trusting in, in the process that it will be an amazing experience. And then everything else will fall in, 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 into places. You know, you prepare your milestones, you decide, you prepare your pro and con lists, you, you explore all your options, and then... You, you filter them down to the one that really works for everyone best in this moment in time. Obviously, if you have children, 
a very important one for us really was always the education um, because it is a, a primary one, you know, childcare and education because you do want to give them the best you can, uh, which was also one of the reasons why we chose Switzerland and in, at this stage, you know, at the age they are in um, because it is just an amazing uh, education system. Um, but yeah, these are really the the um, the, the main uh, concerns. Mm, okay, interesting. You talk about the education system in Switzerland. In my last episode, I discussed I discussed the topic of cost, the cost of raising a child in Switzerland. Um, funny enough, it's I have a guest who has experience with um, in Singapore, in Taiwan, and also I have families in in China. And also I used to live in Singapore for a long time and also now live in Switzerland. <laughs> I just noticed that relatively speaking, compared to the income level, um, it's very, very affordable to raise a child in Switzerland. I mean, there are that's many right. ways. Yeah. Now, yes, that's the, it's key. That um, That's why we held off to move to Switzerland until they were actually all over four years old. Because if they're under four years old, the childcare is exclusively expensive. Yeah. It is, you know, it's it, it's almost a, a salary going going down the drain. Um, so we decided to wait until our little one was four, and 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 then we moved here, which is when the the public, you know, the the uh, the school is free and everything is free. It's literally absolutely free. There's not even you know everything, even the school trips, everything is included. So it is actually cheaper than anywhere else. Once yes. you get beyond those those first uh, four years of age, exactly. Just the the childcare is very expensive in Switzerland, but everything else is much more affordable. That's true. Um, how about in Spain? You you mentioned that you moved from UK to Spain because you have a you know young child. Is it much affordable to have a younger child or toddlers in Spain? That's right. The 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 years which tend to be the most expensive especially in the UK um, and here in Switzerland are the first three years, whereas in, in Spain, um, school starts when they're three. So from three on, it's normal school. And before that, the, the childcare, so the, 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 the crashes, they are um, very affordable compared to the UK or, or um, Switzerland uh, for that matter. So it was really, we were really deciding on this because it is, you know, a major factor, especially having three children. It does make a huge difference in your finances. So I think it's it's the first thing you need to really look into before deciding where to go next. Yeah. What is the cost of childcare in Spain? So for children below the, the, the age of three, it's actually 300 euros per month. Oh, it's a full day, Monday, Friday? Yes. Oh, yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yes. So uh, that's nothing compared to the UK, where it's usually um, two thousand or more per month, mm -hmm. and in Switzerland it, it could range up to three thousand, three, yeah, yeah thousand per One month. Child. It depends on the hour. Yes. Yes. So if you multiply that, you know, your your salary is gone basically. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's really. Um... It's a really big advantage if you can re do work remotely or independently, regardless of where you live, and then you can do this geo arbitrage and then be mobile and then move around to another country when the children are bigger, when the situation changed, like what you did. And how about the, how old is your oldest one now? 
Right now he's 15. Okay. Do you plan <laughs> do you plan for for him to study abroad or do you plan to move elsewhere as a family or uh yeah, what what's next? Yes, we're already working on the next uh next step. We've been here for two years now. So it uh, it comes naturally to now move on to next and, and we're already starting thinking about it. Obviously, the older the children get, the harder it is because they, you know, they start having their friends, their football, their everything. And it, it, it does get harder. In fact, the last move from Zurich to Lugano was quite hard. But at the same time, it's the first few weeks that are hard especially nowadays with social media you you, you know they, they're still in contact they can still see each other and so it's not a goodbye as it used to be in the old days you know goodbye for good and I'm sure you know the way the kids have been raised that um, eventually they will study abroad work somewhere I'm quite prepared that everyone you know each of them will be somewhere because you know the world is their their home by now I mean freedom is in their DNA it's it's um everything seems much easier for them because they're so used to it. They don't know it any better. Okay. So you, do you see the difference between your children who grew up in different countries, move around versus maybe a, a, the other children who have so were born in a place, grew up in a place with the same family members nearby? Do you notice any difference? What I notice is, is the flexibility and adaptability. Um, you know, my children... It comes very easy for them to actually be around people they don't know, people from other countries, people from other religions, other backgrounds, other races, because they they've they've grown up like that. And you know, starting making new friends, talking to 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 random people is much easier for them than it would be for somebody who grew up in a very settled life and you know a, a very routineous life. Um, for those children, obviously, changes are more abrupt. I do remember doing COVID. Um, for many children, it has caused a lot of anxiety and stress. Whereas for my children, um, they actually enjoyed, you know, the, the, this period because it was it was just different, but it wasn't, you know, abruptive. It wasn't throwing them out of what they've known all their life. It, it has just been one more change, so it was much easier for them to to, to adapt and and to just accept the situation and make the best out of it. Yeah. And also at the same time, they acquire a new language that is really amazing. I remember when I was learning second, third, fourth language, <laughs> I mean, I thought my fourth language, I already forgot about it. <clears throat> I <clears throat> so, so difficult. You know, it took me so many years just to master one second language. But for young children, they can just, you know, they hear it somewhere from the teacher at school playing with the other children, and they can speak the language. Right. Absolutely. They're absolutely uh, absolute sponges. And it's beautiful to see how they arrive. And within three months, I mean, you know, we would study for 20 years to to really, uh, you know, speak a language properly. And within three months, they would just speak the language with the accent. I mean, when we were in Northern Ireland, they would have this beautiful Northern <laughs> Irish accent. You know, we're in Southern Spain, this and wouldn't, you know, it's just very hard for me to... To, okay. to, to get it. I do speak German, but it's just very hard to get to that level of 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 immersion. And it's all thanks to immersion. You know, if they're, I mean, we've always make sure that they go to, to, to public school, so to öffentliche um, Schulen, so that they are actually really immersed into the culture and surrounded by, by people locally, so that 
it is just a game really you know it's it, yeah. there's no it's not being hard on them or anything it's yeah. just a game and yeah. and once you learn one uh, once you learn a second language a third and a fourth language i'm sure you agree becomes easier and easier because you know you you've got the structure you know, if you've got um yeah. yeah i think it's it's really just um well, getting easier and easier But with the school, do you need to prepare your kids, you know, with like additional language classes or you just throw them into the school and then they pick it up from there? I mean, we did prepare, you know, before we went to Northern Ireland, we did prepare and start, you know, uh, getting them to watch some cartoons in English and, you know, to just read English books and just get them into the into the whole setting so that it actually is something they they associate with fun and they associate with with um playing and 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 with games um so it wasn't something shocking for them you know um but yes it is it is really throwing them in and the first two days are hard they're hard on the kids and they're hard on the parents because it is you know you're you're really throwing them into mm -hmm. the unknown yeah but within a matter of days especially if you prepare well with the teachers and with the surrounding you know activities and everything and you speak to them and you talk about their fears and about their anxieties it it uh, it becomes a beautiful game again it's really about you know doing it as a as a, as a mm. discovery game and it's it, it turns into something really really beautiful and, and within a few days they feel at ease but mm. it's about really you know before moving to the new place talk to the people you know um introduce yourself let them know you're coming so that everyone is understanding and, and really um is open you know receives you with open arms mm -hmm. Um, would you recommend to um, move abroad, like to an, with a new language, when the kids um, before six years old or before primary school, is it better for them? Or what if they start a school and then they jump into a new environment, but they have to still learn the mathematics, learn the you know the science, but in a foreign language that they don't know? What would you recommend? I think. The smaller they are, the easier it is because obviously, you know, it is just a game for them, really. Um, the older they get, they might just, and they've never moved, then it might just be, you know, getting for them bigger and bigger and, and, and they might just be more anxious. But as I've learned, you know, across all the different school systems we've worked, we've uh, been sending the children to four different school systems by now in, in four different countries, you know, there may be slight difference in things they learn in some place they learn them earlier or later or differently but at the end of the day they just learn the same things and it's interesting to see how differently they approach you know let's say mathematics in spain mathematics is done completely different than it is in northern ireland or in switzerland and it's 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 so interesting for the children to see that there are different approaches and it was interesting to see by my children that depending on the child they would pick it up in different uh, different countries differently because one system would work better for them than another so it's just seeing that it's it's just one same thing approached yeah. differently right okay so next question would be you know many people it sounds very attractive you know for those uh, who want to experience different cultures also bring their kids to different places or even just as a couple how can someone find a remote work I think it's it's really starting to sit down and think about the options. You know, you've got your job and maybe it's it's a job that can't be done remotely. But there's so many different options 
that you can do this job. So it's really just sitting down and thinking about the options and working out what could I do with my skill set? You know, how could I um, move my career into a way that is more easily done in in remotely? And I, I can assure you, every single job has options. It's just a matter of exploring them, you know, doing your research and seeing what's out there. And if needed, you know, doing a slight diversion into a different direction. I mean, the same happened for me. I was in, in project management, working directly with clients. So obviously that's really hard to do from remotely. So that's when I moved into talent management, managing people who are all over the world anyway. So it doesn't really matter. So it's really about having that flexibility and, you know, setting your priority. If you if you really want to move abroad, you're just going to have to adjust your career in a direction that would work remotely and if that's not an option then it is always an option to set up something yourself obviously it comes with um I'm, I'm learning myself you know having been employed all these years and then suddenly having my being my own uh, boss comes with a lot of uh, downsides that I never considered um which is my where your all your your podcasts have uh, have helped me to um get a more realistic understanding of of this new setup yeah. And also companies, in many companies, there's this sabbatical program. People can take a year or two off just to experience living abroad and then come back. They still have their position, right? That's absolutely an option that, that, that should really be followed. I always say that everyone should once in their life take that opportunity and, uh, and, and really take one of those sabbaticals. It does change your life. You know, it does open your horizon. And when you come back, you do appreciate life in a different way, and 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 you you grow as a person more than you would ever think you would. Um, so it's absolutely something that is you know it's a win-win situation for both the employer and the employee um, to actually you know yeah. have these programs in place. Yeah. Okay. And let's talk about like young babies. Um, do you do you recommend parents bring young babies abroad? or maybe one year old or two years old, then you consider moving to another country? Well, I think, as I said before, you know, the smaller they are, the easier it is because the less needs they have, really. I mean, if, you know, small babies, all they need is their parents, really. Um, a few toys and and just the warmth of of, of, of a home um, and that you can, you can, you can offer them anywhere. Um, so really, the smaller, the easier. And then the older they get, you know, the school, there's mm. childcare, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. any age is a good age. I often hear from my clients saying, well, once they grow up and once they're this and once they're that, now is the time, you know, now yeah. is the time to do these things. You know, you've got your dream, do it now. You don't know what happens tomorrow, you know. If there's another COVID <laughs> crisis or something around, why not doing it now? Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and often I say, you know, especially the, the clients that finally have taken the leap, they tell me, why did I not do it earlier? I hear it all, all the time and it's it's very interesting to see how how it has transformed them and how positive it has been. It all, obviously, realistically, there are always downsides, which, you know, yeah. it's something I also work with my clients to actually, you know, just have a clear, realistic expectation of what's happening. It's not all just uh, rainbows and, and unicorns. So um, it's important to you know, see the whole, the whole um, thing as it is. Mm -hmm. And from your work with the clients, what are some of the biggest fears people have? 
It's really the main fear is really taking that first step. I always, I see it all the time. It's really starting, allowing yourself to think that your dream could actually be, become reality. And it's always interesting to see how in the first few sessions, it's just a dream. We're just talking about a dream. And then halfway through, they realize, ooh, this could actually become reality. And then towards the end of the session, usually it's five sessions, they realize this is becoming reality. Um, but the main fear, um, on one hand, it's actually announcing it to the people around you. You know, what will they think? What will they say? It's it's fear of, of reaction from everyone else to actually go against expectations. Um, and then it's fear of failure. It's fear of 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 um yeah, thinking, you know, what if it doesn't work out? Yeah. And that's where I really work through with them. What's the worst case scenario? What can happen? I mean, and once they realize actually the worst that can happen is that we actually turn home, which isn't really worse because it's where we actually are. So, you know, worst comes to worst, nothing changes. Um, that's when they realize actually, you know, this is this is worth a try. Yeah. Okay. My last question would be for anyone who's interested in exploring this with you. Um, what is the process working with you? How did you take them through the journey planning their, you know, move move abroad? So my usual, uh, usually it's it's five sessions. And in the first session, we really go through, I try to to, to get to know them, um, get to understand their, 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 their limiting beliefs and their fears and, you know, where their comfort zone ends. And we try to really take a step back and look, um, you know, what has worked for them in the past and, you know, go through the experience they've had so far. We then work on their passions and our, on their values. So we just go a, bit, a little bit, little bit deep, deeper. If it's a couple, they do it separately, and then we analyze it together. And also as a family, you know, it, it's more of a, a group thing. Um, and then we really take that down and take all the all this information to see how can we incorporate this into redesigning your new life. You know, what things do you want to take from your past life? What happy uh, emotions do you want to take and put into your new life how can you redesign it so that it's not just a move abroad because your job sends you wherever but you actually have this opportunity to recreate your new life based on the needs that you have right now as a family as a couple as an individual yeah. and then it's really going more into into the practicalities you know we, we really prepare the milestones we work on the milestones and then we prepare a timeline and then we really work it through so that you know they're fully ready to to just to just go <laughs> yeah so how can people find you how can they contact you can you share with us your social media your email address sure so uh, i've got my website uh, www.kadariotravel.com and i'm also on instagram um Kadario travel and uh, on facebook which is where where we met um and on LinkedIn, Doris Dario i've started now um helping um working together with companies to help their employees on this in this stage when they actually move abroad with work that's also a different way where where i'm now working more mostly with professionals who actually move abroad through work where actually their companies are paying mm -hmm. for this program yeah okay sounds amazing um all right then i will leave the links in the description so thank you so much for being here doris it's definitely one of the topics that me personally very interested in um, thanks for sharing your personal experiences and I hope some of the audience will reach out to you if they're interested in having a new life abroad or experience different things in life with their families and beloved ones. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, it's been an absolute pleasure.